cannabis industry employs more than 250,000 people and demands an array of job skills to effectively serve consumers. The frontline effort to represent the industry and educate customers falls on the shoulders of the ubiquitous position commonly referred to as bud tenders. These men and women are truly the face in front and they serve as Sherpas to most folks, guiding them through the myriad of product offerings and satisfying their inquisitiveness. Some, with state approval, even provide insight into the medical aspects of cannabis and help with product selection to meet individual needs. For those who have ever in interacted with a bud tender, they know bud tenders provide a wealth of beneficial knowledge that has helped consumers learn all that the industry has to offer. To possess such an abundance of information, and more importantly, be able to share with the unknowing in an interpretable manner, de demands an uncommon measure of patience and willingness to serve. Welcome everyone to Pot Talk. I'm your host, Fish. In this episode, we're gonna uncover the mysteries of the bud tender, and to help us better understand this role, I'm joined by a good friend and a true professional within the industry, Kenny Griswold. He's also a longtime butt tenor in the medical field, as well as the recreational market. He's been involved in that area for about nine years now. Yeah, roughly. Uh, he's also done some growing for the medical market and for the recreational market. So he comes with a wealth of knowledge. Thanks, Kenny, for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, so can let's just jump into right into you know, the world of the butt tenor, what a butt tenor goes through. Uh, probably the number one thing, I guess, you know, what is... What is your customer base? Well, it covers pretty much all walks of life. You've got, you know, your average grandma to your kid turning 21 for the first time and wanting to try what it's like to be in a rec store. So, I mean, there's no real, like, target market, it seems like, anymore. It's just, I mean, you see everybody. All professions. All professions. Age groups. Yeah. Over 21, of course. Well, state required. Yeah. <laughs> right. We right. do see some people that are under the age of 21, too, with medical cards and parental guidance. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because in Washington State, a medical card can be 18. Yes, sir. Right. Okay. And one of the challenges I've seen, I've been to a lot of stores as a, as a processor here, selling packaged products to stores. And you walk into a store here, and there's an ungodly amount of products and things you have to go sift through as a consumer to figure out what it is you might want. As someone who is that frontline voice to folks and kind of the Sherpa, if you will, as we say, in the opener, how do you sit through all the brands and the products and stuff like that to kind of just give somebody a body of information to be helpful to them? Well, the best thing you can do is have your own experiences. So being able to try the product, give somebody your own personal you know, reference towards it, you know, that's a huge part. And it kind of boils down to what's good for the person, what's bad for the person. You know, some things can cause anxiety. Some some things can pretty much stop your day dead in its tracks. So you kind of got to find a little bit of, you know, about the person and figure out what they're going to be using it for or not using it for and just kind of dial it in. It usually starts, you know, figuring out if they're more into sativa or indica. It kind of just breaks down into a 50-50 chance of getting it right. Right. That's kind of like your first narrowing point, if you will. Yeah. yeah. You know, you start there, kind of figure out what, you know, their budget is and, you know, just kind of get them dialed in from there. You know, there's some people have questions. Some people are just looking for something that's sparkly and in a jar. It does take a little bit of critical insight and a little bit of kind of testing the waters. And, you know, most people aren't exactly comfortable with just coming at you with a bunch of questions. So... You kind of have to be the one asking them the questions and figuring out what they want exactly. And then 
once they become a little more frequently, you know, visiting the shops and things like that, they kind of dial it in for themselves, kind of know what they want. But a lot of people, it's it's still very new, so it's not exactly something you can just walk into and be ready. There's a lot of trial and error. That's the biggest thing in this industry is trial and error. It's so new, it's so fresh, it was illegal for so long. There's not a whole lot of people that have, you know, as much experience as I do. There's people that have no experience. There's people that are traveling from other countries and other states that want to see what it's like to smoke legal weed for the first time. Oh, so you're getting some tourists to, uh, to come oh, in. Yeah. yeah, okay. A lot. It's it's actually pretty cool to see some of the people that come from worldwide and show them stuff that they've never seen before. It's like completely taboo or illegal in their country. Right. Um, I mean, it's been used spiritually as a medicinal use for years, you know, centuries, millenniums. But it's got a bit of a jaded past so you kind of have to break through that barrier and sort of get people more comfortable with it really give them an understanding of what the what the product does how it helps you and just how to use it properly without freaking yourself out or overdoing it and do the brands like the, the brand vendors do they help out at all like providing information to you know butt tender kind of help you know market a product or for provide information to a consumer but for example, some of the products you see in your bath salts or infused salt. Now, for a lot of folks, they go, what do I do with infused salt? Well, you cook with it. But it doesn't necessarily say that on the package per se. So you kind of have to have a little bit of insight of what you do with that from that point. Do these brand companies help at all? Most of the time they do. Um, a lot of the times they'll give some sort of like, um, like inside scoop on you know how this product came to be, what it's used for. Um, sometimes they'll give us a little bit of like, uh, like pamphlets and things like that about their newer products. They also offer classes sometimes, like take you to their facility, walk you through their process. Okay. The biggest thing is packaging appeal. If you got something that looks like trash on the shelf, it's not going to get much, you know, attention unless you know about it and then you can explain why it looks this way or what it does. And that kind of breaks it down a little bit to where... People feel more comfortable. Um, I see a lot of, a lot of, not a lot of products, but there's a few things that come through the shop that even I'm like, not exactly what is familiar that? with. Right. So, I mean, the best thing to do is bite the bullet and try it. Worst case scenario, you're you're gonna get high. That's a horrible thing to think about. I guess so. <laughs> you might actually get off the product. Yeah. It does its job. It's usually pretty functioning. Yeah. Right. And so then, how do you find out that? That these same consumers, you know, they come in, they see the array of brands and array of products, and uh, you do the best you can to take the information, your experience, as you pointed out, and share that with them. What are you seeing that they ultimately fall on in terms of making their their product selection? A lot of it has to do with like brand loyalty. You know, there's a lot of brands that have really, really good reviews, good results, great products, and people just know and trust it. You know, if you get something new from them. People are like, I can't wait to try it. I know it's new. I know it's from a good a good company. There's also new products that come in that are not exactly that appealing. And it's it's kind of tough to sell those ones. But you try it and you express to the customer what you've experienced and that usually helps. Yeah, but do you feel like they're probably more so going off a recommendation than they, and unless they know, like if they know the brand, then they're probably going with the brand? It varies. Okay. Sometimes it's recommendation. Some people, you know, once they build a relationship with you as your as your bud tender, you know, it's like your barber or your 
your mechanic. You start to trust them. And that's where you can really start to express how I feel about something to you instead of you coming to me and telling me what you want. Right. And that, I mean, the balance between it is where you start getting that nice, beautiful middle ground where you can find something that works for everybody. Nice. So as you kind of work with these folks and you're helping them get to chart their path, if you will, be acting as a Sherpa for them, what do you you think is the most difficult aspect of the job as a bud tender in terms of trying to be that, what you're talking about? For me, because of my my previous experience in this industry, it kind of has to balance a fine line between, all right, are they using this recreationally? Are they using this for a medicinal purpose? And at what point does that line cross? Because I've noticed for me, there's a point where I smoke medicinally, and then I hit a threshold where, okay, all my med- all my medical needs from this product are, are you know, satisfied. Right. Now it's time to have some fun with it and see where it can go. So that's where maybe you get an, an, an extra couple grams of something that you haven't tried before. You know, and I know for sure this high CBD one's going to help me sleep, but this other one's going to make me feel real goofy before bed. So I want to try that. And what are you seeing? Are you seeing more recreational consumers or more medicinal consumers? Honestly, there's a little bit of a blend between. Like, I've had some customers that come in, they're like, oh, I can't wait to party this weekend, you know, I'm going to pick up this Super Fire 8 or something. And then they come in a couple days later, they're like, man, I got a headache, what do you got? You kind of, you really do have to dial it in and figure out what they want and what they need that for that day, because it changes constantly. Right. It not only does their needs change, but our products change. We run out of things, you know, we get in between harvests on stuff and we don't have the product available. So you have to have something comparable, and it's really hard to tell somebody that, oh, that stuff you're used to, this is going to be similar, but not the same. Right. And it really has to be trust, you know, it's a trust thing. You right. We have to be able to understand that the guy behind the counter is not just blowing smoke in your ears. You know, we mentioned in the open that you've been involved in the industry, the med market, the recreational market now for almost a decade. Looking back, how would you suggest or recommend someone acquire the skills that you picked up along the way? A lot of it has to do with research. I mean, there's tons of articles and information available online which weren't available when I first started doing this. I mean, there was some, but it wasn't exactly as available to research as it was you know, now. Before, when it was medical, you could find a few things here and there, mostly about you know what kind of trouble you're going to get in if you get caught, not so much about like how the product helped you. I feel like a lot of those studies have started to develop over the past couple of years now. Once the legality problems are gone, you know, right. now you can actually like take that product and investigate it a little bit further without feeling like you're going to have the, the fuzz on your back the whole time. Is there any sources that you would recommend someone like they could tap into? I mean, High Times and your dope magazine, there's a certain prolific magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, any sort of cannabis magazine, whether it's local or national or sometimes international, you know, you might find something that's more catered to a specific area of either research or location. Like Washington has been, has been medically legal for quite some time, but recreationally legal only a few years. So you kind of have to just know where to look. I mean, a lot of it's trial and error. That's a huge part of it. You can't just go into it blind and expect great results every time. But with a little bit of research, you can kind of dial it in. So would you say like a lot of this, what you know, it's probably just come from a consumer yourself. 
Oh, definitely. In some ways, along throughout the, over the years. Yeah, I mean, I've had my own medical prescription going on a decade, right. or maybe longer now. I kind of lose track. I've so you know from the patient that. side what it, what you have to go through. Absolutely. Right. You know, I've had knee surgery and back surgery and a bunch of other injuries that, you know, make it so smoking pot actually helps, you know, get me through the day. But at the end of the day, once my day is over, I definitely want to get high. So it's kind of a balance between my own medical use and my own recreational use, which has kind of helped me figure out, like, hey, this one's fun and this one's going to make you feel better. And sometimes this one in the middle will do both. Right. Considering that no harvest is ever the same, you just got to try it. Right, right. As, as a career person within the industry now, and, and you've gone, again, as we mentioned, you know, you've gone through medical, through recreational. You've seen, especially the, the progression and development of the recreational market, which is a month, it seems like, you know, seven years. And it's kind of like the dog years, of, if you will, of, a, of an industry. In terms of how fast it's evolved and you know, grown and changed. So, what do you see as kind of the, you know, now, let's say, you know, five, six years into this thing, as kind of the career progression for someone who comes in and maybe uses a butt tender as a point of entry into the industry? What can they hope to expect in terms of career progression from that point going forward? That's a tough one because it's kind of up to your own set of skills and you know how dedicated you are some people look at this as just like a job like oh cool I'm a bud tender now and then some people have passion behind it and they're like oh I want to help people and I want to learn more and you kind of have to figure out what your goals are through the industry some people want to excel and go all the way to the top and you know be owners of their own shops their own store right some people just want to get in the door and just see what it's like we have you know employees at the shop I work at that are as young as freshly 21 all the way up into their 40s. Right. We all serve our own, you know, our own purpose there. You know, the young ones can take care of the young ones. Old ones can take care of the old ones, and go back and forth as well. You know, it's you don't really have your own bud tender every time you come in. You know, we we have five or six on duty at all times. So you might get somebody who you're not super familiar with, and you're expecting them to be the knowledge bank that you rely on when you come in. But on the store side, what kind of other jobs outside of a butt tender would someone find in the store? Like, I, mean, I know I used to work with a buyer a lot, but like, you know, what's a buyer? So a buyer is the person who's in charge of controlling what we take in on the inventory, which can be anywhere from edibles to, I mean, getting toilet paper delivered. They're most they're mostly in charge of like the clerical issues. We also have our inventory manager who makes sure that everything's audited and up to date because we can get in trouble if our inventories are off. We have because you're state mandated to keep accurate accounts of what you have. Yeah, so right, right. Yeah, there's there's no, they do not look lightly on having no, this product, and you can get heavily fined if you have major issues with that too, and maybe even as far as tax evasion things like that. You know, so everything has to be pretty dialed in. There's actually quite a few companies that run servers now to op- operate our point of sales um, systems. So that's something that we didn't have when it first started medically. It was a notebook, a scale, and a box of sandwich bags back in the day. Now it's gone far more into like a corporate spectrum where, you know, things are dialed in. It comes to you ready to be sold. You don't really have to think too much about it. I mean... That's here in Washington, which is a good point. In Washington, it does come prepackaged. Other states don't have that. Correct. Same like Oregon doesn't come prepackaged. You just get a jar of weed and go... Select what kind of what you want. Yeah, and that's that's where Washington started originally, and I sometimes wish we still had that. 
just because, I mean, the experience was so much more overwhelming, you know, you get to pop that jar open here, man, smell You get to smell it, stuff like that, you can't do that now, right? I mean, every once in a while, you'll find a few packaging companies where maybe they heat seal it a little too high, and, you know, you can kind of crack that seal a little and get a good smell out of it, but technically, we're, it's supposed to be smell-proof and sealed for legal reasons, and it does take away that sort of edge of being able to experience the product before trying it. Uh, your nose will pick up the different terpene profiles and kind of tell your brain, hey, this is going to make you feel good, or hey, this is not going to taste great to me. Right. I mean, something that doesn't taste good could foil your entire experience. So it's long, you've been doing this thing for, again, I mentioned it for nine years now. What is it you like about the job that's kept you in the, in the industry and kind of in that world for nine years now? Because of my own personal injuries and things that I've gone through and how much cannabis has helped me. The biggest thing for me is finding people that need the same help I've been looking for and being able to deliver, you know, some sort of relief or peace of mind, a good night's sleep. It can get a little emotional seeing somebody, you know, spiraling through medical problems and then you come in and show them something that changes their whole life. Yeah. It, was that kind of what you, got you into it? Was the medical aspect of it first? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I tried to join the Army when I was 18, but due to the metal and pins and screws and things in my leg, I was unable to. And so I found an alternative medicine because I was not going to take painkillers for the rest of my life. So your passion was just truly from a sense of wanting to serve other folks who have, that you, you felt maybe didn't have the knowledge you had picked up on and you wanted to share that with them, hopefully give them pass along the same benefit. Well, once I found out I could get prescribed cannabis, I was on it. Um, I had no interest in taking narcotics. I mean, I've seen what they can do to people. I've seen, you know, and I, I was young, 18, 19. I would have been on narcotics for 14 years by now. Right. And God knows what would have happened in that. Yeah. That, that syndrome. Yeah, right. You know, health issues alone are terrible. So finding something that's more of a safer alternative that makes you feel really good you know, not just physically, but mentally, it's, it's life-changing. It changed my life. Sure. And so now, at this industry, we've been kicking it for here in Washington State for, this will be our sixth year. What do you find, you know, for, you got into it to kind of help folks in the beginning. And now that we have this, this kind of blended world of medical and recreation being one kind of entity, same store, so to speak, what do you find most enjoyable about it now? And you got in to kind of help folks in the beginning. Obviously, you still get to help folks today. But, you know, taking that, is there anything else you've kind of added to that since now this recreational market is really kind of built up and everything? Well, when it comes to recreational customers, it's awesome to blow their mind. I, some people aren't ready for the kind of like, I mean, you can break it down to a molecular scale or you can just talk about the bag of weed in your hand. But there's some people where you can see like the interest light up in their eyes and when you start talking about different cannabinoids and how it affects your endocannabinoid systems and that you actually have an endocannabinoid system built into your body when you're born. It does something. It, yeah, it's useful. It's, it's there for a reason. <laughs> right. let's, let's put, put it to the test. Right. It's, it's exciting to see people that are interested in learning and just see where you can take it with them. Well, I got to give you credit, brother, for the, the mere fact that you got in for the reasons you did. Uh, that's that's certainly notable and noteworthy for sure in terms of wanting to serve other people and kind of help other people for what you went through yourself. Uh, I, I know for a lot of folks I've encountered with that's the same how same way they've got into the 
industry, but it's since certainly evolved and kind of more what you're leaning on in terms of, yes, it's, you know, serving folks at one point, but it's also just trying to inform some folks who, who, you know, new time and new newcomers to the whole opportunity that it offers and uh, the benefits that, you know, that the product offers. Uh, so I, I, my hat's off to you if I was wearing one for, for the work that you do. Uh, and, I, and I think for a lot of folks, they realize you, you guys are the, the voice, you know, the, the face of the front line, the informers, the, the knowledge folks. Because they're not going to, you know, consumers aren't going to the brand, to the farm, getting that opportunity to go talk to them. So they're getting it from the folks who, who know and they live it every day. So, again, I tip my hat off to you. I appreciate everything you do for that one. For folks who are looking to get into the industry, uh, take notes of what these things, these Kenny's pointed out. Uh, study, read, research, get online. Research, read that from High Times, Dope Magazine. Leafly has a great website that provides information on how to get up to speed on some of the duties and responsibilities of a butt tender or any sort of career opportunity within dispensary and or on a farm. Thank you all for joining us. Kenny, thanks for helping us out today and giving us some information. Thanks for having um, me. We definitely have to come back some more and do this again. Uh, looking for some great conversations in the future. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Make sure you visit pottalk.org and get yourself connected to all our social media outlets. Uh, we have Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channel. And you want to make sure you plug into the podcast to be launching. You can find those on Apple and Spotify. And stay tuned and join us for more information up to coming uh, points of interest. And we look forward to share. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.